Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Sexual Debut Podcast. I'm your host, Sophia Popovich, and today we have an extra special episode. I have my good friend Gigi as the first guest on the podcast. Here's a little blurb he wrote for you guys. The queer-tastic, spellbook-weaving, anime and video game gentle giant, Gigi, spending his days under piles of anime and manga books while slaying the streets of Philadelphia, queering up spaces, and being virtually present in cyberspace. He's tall, gay, and a vibe. Always a good time. I have to agree. And without any further ado, here's the episode. Hi, love. Hi. Thank you so much for coming on the pod. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor, actually. I definitely knew right off the bat that I wanted to have you on the pod, especially because of all of our conversations that we've had in the two different places we've worked about all the different topics on sexual health. So I'm really excited to have you on. Yes, I'm really excited to share my stories, share my ideals, um, and, you know, get it popping about uh, sexual debuts. Yes, I'm very excited. This is your debut on the Sexual Debut Podcast. Um, So this is my friend Gigi. Um, Would you like to introduce yourself? Sure, yeah. Um, So my name is Geraldo, but folks on the podcast can call me Gigi. Um, I'm 28 years old. I was born and raised in Philadelphia. I am a queer Latino male. Um, I'm tall as hell. I'm geeky as hell. I'm queer as hell. And I'm here to show out. Awesome. So me and Gigi actually met. um, And Gigi is one of my um, first friends when I moved here to Philly. Um, We worked at a nonprofit um, doing sexual health testing services. um, And if there were a mic or a bug on the wall in the spaces that we were having conversations, I'm sure everyone would get a huge kick out of it. But we would have the raunchiest and craziest conversations about all things sex and sexuality. So having Gigi on the pod will be just like those conversations. Um, We also worked in a less fun job at the health department, but we've moved on from that since. And Gigi is, yes, out in the world doing great things. Um, What is your title at your current job? At the moment, I am a community health worker at Einstein Hospital. Um, my role basically is to help folks who are HIV positive, um, who have struggles um, coming to their appointments or just taking medications on a daily basis. My role is to help them come up with strategies um, to those barriers and ultimate goal is to get them to undetectable. Amazing. Gigi is doing amazing work and I'm always so proud of him. Um, so on that note, I think we're just going to dive right in. You ready? I am ready. Okay. So before you heard of this podcast, um, or were you familiar with the idea of sexual debuts? I wasn't actually. Um, I first heard of sexual debuts from you and your podcast. Um, and I think it's honestly a great um, term instead of like virginity, because um, not everyone like you know, shares a, the the same idea as a virginity, but sexual debut, it sounds more calm. It sounds something that folks can just like have a conversation around. 
um, without being so weirded out by the term virginity. Yeah. And how do you feel as a queer person that the word sexual debut or the phrase sexual debut fits you? Um, it just makes me feel like I'm here to show up and show out. Um, virginity it has a lot of stigma around it, but I feel like sexual debut is like the spotlight comes on, the backdrop, and it's like, I'm here to perform. I'm here to have sex. <laughs> yes, I'm here, bitch. <laughs> right here. Incredible. Yeah, okay. Awesome. So what were your family um, or community's values about sex for you growing up? Um, it was kind of all over the place. Um, my family is from Puerto Rico. They moved here to the United States, um, years ago, but we never, they never really spoke to us about like sex or what the values were when it came to our family. Um, you know, I just remember one day when I was young and my brain started remembering things like, oh, you have an uncle that has like seven kids or you have an aunt that has five kids. And me being an only child, my mom never really had to talk to me about sex or like, um, you know, our ideas around sex. Um, I don't think my mom expected me to have sex. <laughs> so um, she only really spoke to me um, as I was getting older. She would just be like, you know, she never gave me the birds and the bees talk. Right. But she would always tell me, hey, like, you know, if you're ever having sex, there's condoms in my drawer, you know where to find them. And I would be like, mom, stop. Like, no, that's nasty. <laughs> so there were, I mean, my, my family never just spoke about sex openly to each other about it. It was always like the the parent and the child away behind closed doors, but never openly. Gotcha. Okay. And um, what kinds of messaging did you receive about virginity? Um, from your my, parents, from anywhere, like the media? Sure. Um, well, from my mom, um, she, like I said, she never really like gave me the talk. So, and I never really got it from her, but I guess um, from like movies or TV shows, um, the term virginity, I always felt like it was those high school drama shows where it's like, I, I guess Gossip Girl or just one of those like feminine lead <laughs> shows where it's like, it's a teenage girl or like, what what is that show called? Um, The Life of an American Teenager or something yeah. like that. The Life of an American Teenager, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was always like, um, it was always a female presenting protagonist and it was always like, what girls should do about virginity or I never like saw a show growing up about like what should a male experience with his virginity I didn't really start watching stuff like that until much later in my life um but the messaging around virginity was just like don't lose it don't lose your virginity but also with religion and everything like you're gonna go to hell if you're not married and you're gonna you're gonna rot and all this stuff so it was very very mixed messaging just across the board from everywhere from everything it was never 100 percent concise like this is how we should follow it it was just very sporadic very different from all angles right and how do you think like virginity the concept of virginity fits in um for you being a queer person like, um, what kind of messaging did you receive about that if any I kind of didn't. Um, 
like I said, I didn't have shows growing up, so I didn't know what it meant for me. The closest thing I had growing up when I was like nine or 10 and I was not supposed to be watching this show, but it was Queer as Folk. And I only saw glimpses of it like from the corner of my mom's room when I'm supposed to be asleep and she's watching a gay show. Um, I I don't know, like I guess for a queer person, for me specifically, I guess I I had the opportunity for two virginities, I would say. Um, you know, anal virginity and then um, penile virginity. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I, I guess I just had to figure it out for me. Like I said, you know, there was nothing for me in the media or people that look like me. So I honestly just had to figure it all out. Yeah, you had to figure it out like a lot of queer people do. We have to kind of write our own rules. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's also why I love the, the concept of, of sexual debut. Um, because like you said, you had two different sexual debuts um, for topping and bottoming. And, you know, the idea of virginity as it stands doesn't even allow for that. So I think that's why I really like it. It's very expansive. So when did you first learn about sex? And from who or where? Um, I, I honestly, I do not remember. Um, it's probably in the crevices of my brain somewhere in the long lost files, but I cannot pinpoint like an exact time where I was like, wow, this is sex. Um, I think it's just something that was already in my brain, I guess, through the media or through movies when I was younger and I just like didn't know what it was. Um, but honestly, I can't pinpoint like the first time I was like, oh, wow. So like that is sex. I just whenever we would watch movies and stuff, you know, my mom would just like hide my eyes or she'll tell me to turn away. And I would just be like, OK, that's just like like, you know, we're not dumb when we're little. You yeah. know what I mean? Some of us are, but we're not dumb. And <laughs> <laughs> and I already knew like why my eyes were being shielded, like the the woman is naked, the man is naked something's going on um but honestly I, I can't pinpoint where or who it was from and how did it make me feel um I don't know I was just always like oh that's not for me or oh that's not me I'm never gonna have that um because inside I knew I was already queer and every time I saw sex on the screen it was always with a man and a woman mm -hmm. um so I just it never registered in my brain for me to be like yeah, I'm going to do that one day or I, I will be participating in that. I always thought, oh, that's for the movies. That's like, I'm seven years old. Where's my candy? <laughs> so now as it stands, kind of a loaded question and answer it however you feel um, you'd like to, but what does sex mean to you? Um, Sex, what sex means to me um just really simple just like two individuals coming together and engaging in intercourse whether it be penetrative or non-penetrative sex it can be anal sex or oral sex um or it can just be like mutual masturbation i kind of count that as sex too it's just not penetrative sex yeah um so yeah that's what sex means to me yeah Definitely. Have you ever heard of the term instead of top or bottom uh, side? Yeah, actually. Okay, so on Grinder, <laughs> I have a new category I learned recently. There is a new category called side, um, and that basically is for folks who are not interested in like penetrative sex. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess it's mostly for like masturbation or for oral. So yeah, I am aware of the sides. 
I was, I've, I've found out recently from one of my students that I work with, um, we, and I was like, I, when I first was learning about the idea of side, it was coming from like a more academic, um, space. And I think it's cool that Grindr like has a category for that now. Yeah. Cause it's, you, you know, it's usually like, oh, like, what are you into? Like, you know always with the gay man what are you into what are you into um and for people who don't engage in that it's nice to have that option and it's nice to learn about that because i had no idea what the hell side was i didn't know what side meant until i had to google it and you know i found out wow so you know there's just more visibility and more representation when it comes to like different people who enjoy different acts of sex absolutely because anal sex can be a really big like deal depending on who you are and how you feel and Definitely. Okay. So when do you personally know um, that you are ready to have sex with someone? When my penis is hard. Let me <laughs> tell you. I I went through a lot of phases in my life. Um, I, I'm six foot two. I'm currently 215 pounds, but I used to be 240 pounds and I was always wide. So, you know, I would, growing up, I just, didn't know like who was going to have sex with me, who would be attractive to me. Um, but once I started slimming out and I started to like get into my own skin, um, when the fo- when the men who were attracted to me like said, you know, do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? When I was around 19 years old was when I knew that like, okay, I can go out and have sex. I can go out and do this. Um, and I, like I said, I know I'm ready to have sex when I'm interested in you, you're interested in me, you're hot, I'm hot. My penis is hard, your penis is hard. We're sexting back and forth. That's when I'm ready to have sex. I'm like, okay, I'm hot. I'm, I, I need to go. We need to go do this right now. <laughs> True. You guys can't see Gigi, but Gigi really is a catch. Absolutely. No, so, um, what makes a sexual experience special to you? <sighs> That's a good question. It really depends. Um, I've had a lot of sexual experiences and some were special and some were not. Um, what makes it special is the connection you have with the person beforehand. I've had sexual experiences where I just showed up at the house. We just had sex and we called it a day. We, ne- we never talked. But then there are people who, you know, you just have awesome conversations with beforehand. You talk about similar interests, similar topics. And then when you go to do the act, you don't even go do the act. You go and, and chill with that person actually. And you get to know them a little bit more. And it just, you know, it it creates something special. And you you don't just have to have sex with just like a boyfriend or girlfriend or a husband and wife. Like people are individual species. We have to experience a lot of things and yeah (laughs) before I get off topic but um uh the definitely like conversations beforehand um I mean if there's a date involved definitely that makes it special before having sex um and yeah you know you just you want to feel validated you want to feel special you want to feel happy and I guess all those things combined for me just makes a sexual experience very special. Yeah. And I like that you mentioned too, that a 
um, a sexual experience that's special does not have to be between someone who's um, partnered or um, it doesn't have to be just between a couple. Like, I think a lot of people these days will equate a hookup with something that is disposable or unimportant and there is nothing wrong with hooking up and I think a lot of people and their criticisms of hookup culture is because they don't want to be treated as disposable but you can make a sexual experience with anybody special you don't have to treat them like you know a dirty sock and toss them away and never see them again I hear that a lot from a lot of my friends who are dating and I want to see that change I want to see that change in hookup culture okay so what is a good reason to have sex and what is a bad reason to have sex a good reason to have sex is because you're horny super duper horny (laughs) you you folks out there know how it is when you're just you're hot in bed you just got off twitter you got off tumblr and you're just like god darn it like i need to have sex so just like whenever your rocks are hot like that is a good reason to have sex like you don't want to stay the rest of the night like ugh, like sexually frustrated or just like I don't feel like masturbating right now. Like I want, want I want pleasure. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's a good reason to have sex is the individual pleasure you get from having sex. Yeah, definitely. R.I.P. Tumblr porn. I heard it's coming back. It's though. low key coming back. I'm so excited. Tumblr so- was the spot. <laughs> For those who don't know, Tumblr. Yeah, it was the spot. It was, oh, it was Twitter with Twitter. I actually, um, Tumblr, when I was first using it, I'm not the most tech-savvy person, but this was back in the day when I was a teenager and Tumblr was in its heyday. Um, I actually didn't realize that your likes were public. Um, So I did exclusively have um, lesbian porn in my likes, and it wasn't until one of my friends pulled me aside and said, Sophia, you know that... um, we can see your likes. <laughs> um, yeah. I wasn't out yet. So, of course, this person didn't care. But um, that was part of coming out for me was through Tumblr likes. That's so funny. The good old days. Um, so what's a bad reason to have sex? Oh, a bad reason to have sex is because somebody else wants to, mm-hmm. or a bad reason to have sex. Um, I guess when you're not feeling up to it is a bad reason to have sex. Mm-hmm. Um, when mentally you're not there or you're just not feeling it, um, when it's pressured, when it's rushed, um, when you have diarrhea, that's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> that is the worst reason to have sex <laughs> but yeah all those all those examples are reasons why it is you know bad to have sex or a reason yeah what about so you said 
it's not always the best to have sex if you're not in the mood. How do you feel about compromise in long-term sexual relationships where one person might not be feeling it, um, but the other person is? Um, I mean, I've been in situations like that and I've learned that you have to be really open and you have to be able to communicate with whoever you're engaging in sex with. Um, and it, it depends on the dynamic between the two, like if you're partners or if you're just friends and you have to have an open, honest conversation about how you're feeling and like your wants and needs and also be able to listen to the other person on their wants and needs. <clears throat> um, yeah, you just, sometimes you have to learn to tame yourself. And if you're with a partner, <clears throat> you have to learn to to wait honestly because you can't that's a that's a bad reason to have sex right there you know what I mean like you have to learn to wait and it's it's not that the other person is talking to someone else or anything like that but like you know we never do a mental check-in like okay how are you today like how's your how's your brain today like do you feel up for it today and yeah that's my answer <laughs> I like that answer. I think that's great. Communication is always key, as corny as it, you know, sounds. Mm -hmm. So how important to, is it to you, the amount of people that you have had sex with? Um, I, don't think body count. I don't think my body count is really important. I'm an individual that doesn't really partake in sex, um, unless when I'm really super duper horny or I have a consistent partner. Um, I don't think the body count matters. Like, that's like asking, well, how many pairs of shoes have you owned in your life? How many times have you stuck your foot inside of a shoe? You know what I mean? It's like, what kind of question is that? Um, it doesn't matter, you know? For some people, it might matter. But for me, um, it's it's not that important. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to go interview the people you've had sex with. Like, I'm not going to go track them down. Like, what's the difference between you telling me one in a hundred? You know what I mean? I'm not focused on that. I'm focused on who's in front of me because anything you did in the past, well, that's the old you. That's not, that's not you right now. So I don't think that's important as, you know, for me, it's not important. We're not going to go interview the people you had sex with because that's not the job that we do anymore. Anymore, right. <laughs> <laughs> Some context. Uh, our last job that Gigi and I had together was at the health department doing something called disease intervention. Yeah. Um, and we were called um, colloquially the sex detectives or sex cops. So anytime someone was diagnosed with any STI or syphilis or HIV, Gigi and I were responsible for making sure they got treatment, but also for the more um, serious ones like syphilis and HIV. We were responsible for interviewing the person, the infected person, and soliciting all of their sexual partners for the last year, and then tracking them down and telling them that they had come in contact with um, an STI or an STD. Yeah, so on paper, it sounds pretty interesting. Um, but once you get inside, you have to do like all the detective work. It's not that fun. No, it's not imagine fun. imagine showing up at somebody's job at 9.15 in the morning because they didn't feel like answering their phone. 
that's for me that's embarrassing and something that I wouldn't like done to me so after a while I just couldn't with that job anymore it was very intrusive very in invading yes um they definitely like to use the word trauma informed which the job is not at all I don't <laughs> like going up to someone's house with them not knowing I was going to be there either way but especially being a white woman in northeast Philly not <laughs> someone's door whose mom lives there and they're like I'm from the city I need to talk to so-and-so I need to talk to your son yep. and then I can't tell you why Ugh. yes okay, it's, it's bad <laughs> I'm so glad that we've moved on to different jobs we are moved on and not pressed about it anymore <laughs> maybe a little pressed but that's okay <laughs> Okay, so describe to me your ideal sexual experience. Oh my God, yes. Oh my gosh. So like, I'm off that day. Like, I'm not working. Whoever I'm with at the time tells me, you know, let's go out. I'm gonna take you out on a date. So obviously, you know, I get ready. I get pretty. I get cute. I take a shower. I do what I have to do. Ideally... The person will pick me up because mm -hmm. um, I like to be pampered and I like to be treated like a princess. So they would drive me around. You know, we would go on a date or whatever. Um, and then there's honestly two ways it could go. Um, if you want it to be like romantic, mm -hmm. um, we can just like finish our date. Then we can go back to the house. We can throw up a Netflix flick on, we can chill, quote unquote. Um, it's like that meme you always post. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or um, or do it that way. Or if it's not romantic, um, it can be a little bit nasty. Um, we can always like head to a bar. Um, you know, we can get a few drinks, we can dance. And then by like the third or fourth drink, we can head home and we can get it on a popping at then. So it really is like, I have two ideal sexual experiences. One that's like really romantic and like, I'm feeling pampered and I'm feeling like a princess and I'm feeling taken care of. And then this one where it's like, okay, this is just the shebang. Like we're, it's just really hot. Like we're both kind of drunk, like let's get it on. So those two are ideal for me. One romantic and one nasty. Yes. What you're talking about too reminds me of um, a concept that I read about for the first time in a book called Come As You Are. Um, and it's the difference between responsive or spontaneous desire. Mm -hmm. So um, everyone has a different type of desire and it can shift depending on where you are in your life and what partner you're with. But for most um, women or people with vulvas, um, people they have what's called responsive desire so that would be like your first scenario of wanting to be pampered and feeling romanced and there being a lot of foreplay involved whereas a lot of men um, or people with penises have what's called um, a spontaneous desire so once they just are in the mood they're ready to go. They don't need any kind of stimulus to get them in the mood. It can be like the wind blowing. Wow, I never, it's funny you say that because so I identify as a gay cisgender male. I don't identify as non-binary or trans. Um, but sometimes like 
that feminine side of me, which is more the romantic side. Um, I, I feel that 100%. And then I also feel like that very masculine side where it's just spontaneous and like, let's just get it on. Mm-hmm. So that, that was just cool. Like, I just I just saw it like now that you said it. I was just like, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, that book is really good. If you ever want to borrow it, you can borrow my copy. Yes. Yes. Okay. So what is your biggest turn on? Um, hmm. Oh no, I gosh, I don't something that turns me on a lot, a lot. Um, probably is like the feeling like, oh, we should not be doing this. Mm. Whether it whether it be like with your partner or it be with someone who's not out of the closet. Um, just like in any situation. Like, let's say like you and your, me and a partner are at a party and like, we just were in the corner and like, I'm playing with your penis or like, you're playing with my butt or something like that would turn me on. And I would be like, okay, we need to get out of here. We need to, we need to go do the thing. <laughs> so would you say you're uh, into exhibitionism? Yes, I am. Me too. Me too. Good old exhibitionism. Let me tell you, cause sometimes doing it outside just beats, you know, the four walls. <laughs> <laughs> It's true. It's exciting. It's it's novelty, and it is that risk of getting caught. Okay. Can I ask you a question? I about you. Can I ask you a question? Yeah, ask me a question. I'm here for it. Have you ever had a sexual experience outside? Uh, yes, I have. Many times. <laughs> oh, okay. I have to take some tips. I've done, I've, I've only done oral outside. I've never done penetrative outside. No, yeah, I think I think I might have done penetrative, but not not the whole shebang. Probably a few insertions. I would have did the whole shebang, bang, bang. <laughs> yeah, I can't I can't reveal where I I would have to That's talk. <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> we can't give out all the candy. <laughs> no, not yet. I gotta give it away a little bit. Absolutely. So. What is your biggest turn off? Um, what is my biggest turn off? When the person doesn't know what they're doing. Okay. Like I have, I have really big lips. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I feel like people think I'm supposed to be the leader when it comes to like kissing, but uh-huh. it's like, no, like I'm gay shit. I'm feminine. Like I want you to be the leader. I want you to guide me. Mm-hmm. Um, or like, you know, if they're just not sucking my penis right, or if they're not like touching me right, um, it can be a huge turn off. Um, or like if the person is like really timid and I'm like really on, um, I don't want to be more on than you. Like I, I feel like we have to be at the same level of like horniness. Mm-hmm. That will probably turn me off. Okay. So you want someone who really like takes charge and knows what they're doing yeah you know who doesn't yeah i agree with that okay so now we can talk a little bit about the sexual debuts that's what we're here to do i'm excited (laughs) so tell me your best sexual debut story okay this one was it was way before the pandemic 
I want to say maybe 2017, 2018. Um, I was single and I'm, I talked to this guy on Grindr and he was a tall Puerto Rican man. <clears throat> he had a big penis and we, you know, we change pictures, we talk, whatever. So I drive downtown, he was in a hotel and I, his pictures and who I saw in person were the same person, but you can definitely tell like, oh, this is why like you didn't show all of your picture. Oh. But that didn't stop me from continuing the encounter. Um, so, you know, we go in, we chat for a little bit, and then we kind of just get started. It's very spontaneous. We just get started. Um, but when I tell you, it was, okay, it's about to get very vulgar, you folks. <laughs> I, I, I put his penis in my mouth, and it was the biggest penis I've ever had in my mouth. Now, I'm a big dude, and I have a big-ass mouth. Oh, I tell ha, 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 ha. It was like that. <laughs> it, it it was the biggest penis I've ever had um so the oral was fine when it came to the anal mm. I didn't expect it to feel like how it did mm -hmm. what I mean by that was for those who know who've had anal sex um when the penis went inside literally I I just felt like the crevices of my walls shift Ooh. and it just it just felt like they were expanding and it was such a rush. It was not pain, but it was like pleasure. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? It, it wasn't, it didn't hurt, but it was just like, Ooh, like, Ooh, you know what I mean? Um, and I, I, I swear to God, I felt just like my anal cavity just like expand into this area <laughs> that's never expanded before. And uncharted territory. Let me tell you, it's it's like <laughs> your your walls just like hit the corners of the outer wall and you're just like, it can't move any further. Like this is how big it's gonna go. So that for me probably was like my best sexual debut. I felt I felt like I gave a lot of pleasure. I definitely enjoyed like sucking his penis. Um, I enjoyed like getting the anal sex with like the really big penis. Um, I don't think like huge penises like are in my future because I, I need to poop regularly. Okay. <laughs> you need to be able to go to Chipotle from you time said what? to time. You need to be able to go to Chipotle from time to time. I need to be able to just go to Chipotle afterwards. Okay. 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 <laughs> that way it just all comes out. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that was that was my best um sexual debut now I'm going to tell you about my worst oh my gosh okay so I was 19 years old this is the first time I'm about to have sex with somebody it was with my first ever boyfriend who we dated for two months and he broke my fucking heart so fuck you if you're listening to this fuck you. yeah fuck you um, so, you know, we're in my room, like it's nighttime, he's staying over and I'm playing the movie. Now you see me, the magic movie. And now my part, my boyfriend at the time did not have a huge penis. I would say he was maybe like four inches. Okay. And 
you know, so I'm like, I'm getting ready and preparing myself. Like I douche and, um, you know, we're about to do the thing. We do foreplay and he puts his penis like on my hoe and I'm like, okay, like this is it. Like this is what, this is, this is sex. And literally he just like slides his penis back and forth in between my butt cheeks. Uh, and, like, I think you've told me this story. I have. <laughs> and I'm sitting there just with a penis in between my butt cheeks watching the movie like, this is the fucking hype. This is what everyone is. This is how people get pregnant. Are you? <laughs> this is shit. What? I was so upset. I I wasn't like upset, but I was just like, wow, this is the, this is the rage. Like, this is what people crave. And I thought it was the lamest thing in the world. I'm not going to lie. I was like, if this is sex, then this is lame. Like, I do not want this. I do not want to engage in this. I'm okay with being single and being like an old cat person that literally was the worst sex ever and then in the same session like we flipped and I tried to top and he he couldn't take my penis oh. and I'm like oh my like so like at the same time it was like the worst sexual debut ever but like such a turn off because I'm like bro like you can't give you can't take like no shade but like what are you here for <laughs> what are you doing <laughs> So yeah, um, that was my worst, like my first was my worst sexual debut, like straight about the box. You know, I think a lot of people have similar experiences. I I have yet to hear someone tell me a sexual debut story where it was just fireworks and everything was great. A lot of people describe like mechanically figuring out sex. Absolutely. Time. Yeah. I mean, I would love if the first time I had sex, somebody was outside my window shooting fireworks and shit. Like, he's <laughs> nice. having sex. Pew, 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 pew. That'd be some yeah. Philly shit. That really would. Like, okay. So now that you've told me about the worst sexual debut, what would you change about it if you could, or would you pick a whole different experience altogether? I think I would pick a whole different experience altogether. Um, I don't think that person can fulfill me like how I need to be fulfilled. And I would not want to put my younger self back through that again if I had an option. Um, I think I definitely would be a little bit more conservative and probably wait much longer than I than I did. That's very fair. I think a lot of people would agree with that sentiment. So what do you think about counting the first time that you had an orgasm as a sexual debut? Um, okay. I, in a way, yes, I do like that. Um, Cause the first mm -hmm. time like you, you masturbate um, for me is like the first time having an orgasm. Is that what we're talking about? Or are we talking about like an actual orgasm? Just an actual orga any any orgasm doesn't mean doesn't have to be with someone um could be just with yourself okay um uh, so i'm gonna talk about masturbating here um okay. i think i think yes you can count masturbating as your first sexual debut mm -hmm. um it's not 
the same as losing your virginity. I don't think virginity and sexual debut are the same. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, you know, I lost my virginity, not with the guy I just explained, but (laughs) somebody else. Um, But like, yeah, I think, I think counting the first time I masturbated and I actually ejaculated, I think I would count that as my sexual debut. Yeah. And you remember how old you were? Yes. Um, I was young. I don't even think I was 10. I was definitely before 10 and I was using my mom's lotion. (laughs) (laughs) All the, everyone's like, oh, I probably did that too. I did it. I know you did. I know. (laughs) Because I did it too. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, I think a lot of people probably were using someone else's lotion. I know I've heard stories of people using hand sanitizer, which I really, really don't recommend. Please don't do that. It will burn. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Okay, so who or what was your sexual awakening? Oh my gosh. Okay. Yes. I remember this. I'm about to get like a, a little bit old here, but that's all right. Four touchscreen phones were a thing. Um, you know, everybody just had regular degular ass phones and we used to have our signatures on our phone. Yes. I remember. The, right. At the time, um, Wizards of Waverly Place was like a popular show. Yes. And I had such a crush on David Henry, the older brother from Wizards. He was like, I did not, I, I didn't come out the closet yet. And I was like, this is this is me outing myself without outing myself. And I put mm-hmm. on my signature like I heart DH. And mm-hmm. every text I would send would be like I heart DH, I heart DH. <clears throat> um I was like, I want that man. I was like 11 years old. Like, I want David Henry. I want him so bad. Um, He was like (laughs) my first like male celebrity crush. And then my second one, which awakened me even more was Taylor Lautner. Oh, yes. I I didn't care about the whole Twilight thing. That was not in my book. I was just like, just Taylor Lautner, like whatever film he's in, wherever he's at, I need to be there. And for years, for years, he was just like my top idol. I would always like Google like um, like Taylor Lautner, like nudes, like whatever, <laughs> like trying to see if there's something out there. Um, that's when like those two were the first time I knew like, oh, like I am really attracted to men. Like I want these men. Did anyone ever ask you about the signature? No, no one ever asked me. No one, I don't even think no one really knew what it was. I think it was just like, oh, okay. But no one ever like asked me. What do you like, think you would have said if someone I probably, did? I would have told them. Okay. I would have told them straight up. Cause like I said, I was outing myself. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like, oh, I'm doing this because I'm scared. Like, no, I'm doing this to see like if somebody would ask me or like to question it, but nobody really did. And if they did, I would have told them. Oh, no, yeah, it's David Henry. You don't know who that is? This is the guy from Wizards. So how did you end up coming out? <sighs> okay. Uh, I knew I was gay for a long, 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 long time. Mm-hmm. Um, in high school, <clears throat> my group of friends, who are my group of friends now, you fucking bastards, um, <laughs> they would always be like, Geraldo, you're gay. 
you're gay. And I would be like, no, I'm not gay. Like, stop. I'm I'm just bisexual. Like, leave me alone. And I don't know if this goes for any other queerdo out there, but saying that you're bisexual just like softens the blow of just really coming out. And it's just like, oh, okay, well, you, you kind of still like women. So we're going to give you a pass. So I, I use the bisexual as a crutch to help me come out. Um, but literally like when my friends forced me, they forced me to come out They didn't ask me, they forced me to come out. Um, they dragged you out of the closet. They did. Thank you. It was really cramped in there. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, I would say maybe like two weeks after like being in school, like telling everyone, oh, oh, I'm bisexual. Like I'm bisexual. Like, oh uh, yeah, I like guys too. I'm bisexual. I couldn't hide it from my mom. Mm -hmm. Um, my mom is my best friend. I tell her everything. I'm the only child. She takes care of me. So I just feel like I owed telling my mom this because like, why do I need to hide this from her? Um, I have two gay uncles. Um, Both of them are the younger brothers of my mom. Um, So like, I kind of already had gay people in my family, but there was still the fear like, oh my God, like, what is she going to do? Like, is she going to kick me out? Is she not going to love me? I'm not going to be homeless. Like what is going to happen? And um, we had a Windows 95 computer in the front of the house in like 2006. Um, so she's, I'm on the computer and she's like, hey, can I get on the computer? And I'm like, sure. So she gets on the computer and I sit on the bed and I'm like twiddling my thumbs and I'm shaking, my heart's racing. And I'm like, fuck it. Like, I just have to tell her, like, I just have to tell her. Um, So I was like, mom, I have a question. And she was like, what? I said, what if I told you I'm bisexual? And she didn't even look at me, but all she said was, we'll talk about it later. She gets up and she leaves the room and we never talk about it. We've never talked about it till this day. But let me tell you something. Every time my mom has friends over or we go somewhere, she's always like, this is my son. He's gay. (laughs) (laughs) Like, dang, that got to be the first thing they know. They'll probably know about my voice. (laughs) Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, your mom is great. (laughs) That's, wow. I love that. So this might, you know, have a similar answer, but when is the first time you can remember thinking of yourself as a sexual being? So this, this will be different from all my other answers. Um, I didn't start seeing myself as a sexual being until I really had sex for the first time, which was about two months after me and my first boyfriend broke up. It was with some guy and after I had sex with him, I I don't know, and I can't tell you the shift that happened in me, but I just started to feel like, like attractive. And mm-hmm. I started to feel like, oh, wow. Like I just had sex with this guy. Mm-hmm. That means I can have sex with like anybody or not anybody, but like people who <laughs> find me attractive. And like I, like I mentioned before, like I was, I'm six foot two. I was, I was 240 pounds and I never like looked in the mirror and said, you know, you are attractive. You are good looking. And it wasn't until after I really lost my virginity that 
I could look in myself in the mirror and be like, is this what people find attractive? Is this what being attractive looks like? And, I, you know, I still sometimes have confusion around it till this day because tastes always change. But um, <clears throat> yeah, that was like, after I had sex was the really was the first times I used to tell myself, like, you can do this. Like you can, you are sexy. You can have sex and you are, you are deserving of sex and you are deserving to have pleasure and to give pleasure and growing up, you know, after high school and learning about myself, it just developed more and more and more. And I just became like really sexual, like really open about talking about sex and open up just about sexual experiences. Um, but it really didn't start until after not the first boyfriend, but after the first sexual experience I really had. Yeah. And just to affirm, you were attractive then and you are attractive now and you deserve all of those things all the time or whatever you want them. Everyone. Um, so do you think people of your generation are having sex earlier or more than people of past generations? Oh my God. You know, I think we focus too much on like, do you, you know, I think we focus too much on that question. Like, mm -hmm. do you think the younger generation like focuses too much on sex? Blah, blah. I think people are just having sex at any age in any generation at any time. Like I had sex when I was 19 for the first time. Mm -hmm. I have friends who are fucking nine years old talking about something. I was giving head under the, this, I was getting this, I was doing that. And I'm like, bro we're literally the same age how are you doing that 10 years before I was so mm -hmm. I I just I really I don't think generations are having sex earlier or like or later I really just think every generation is going to have individuals who have sex at a young age who have sex at a later age and who just don't have sex at all um mm -hmm. I just don't have a real answer to that question I think it's I think it's all the same for every generation. I do think, however, conversations and like um, footsteps or footstones about sex creep more into the younger generations now because yes, we do talk about like what being gay is now and what being non-binary is and like what being trans is and, you know, just our communities in general just like link to conversations of sex. And it's, we never question like, oh, like a man and a woman, like sex, like blah, blah, like, no, you know, it's just normal. But for queer bodies, they just always link to sex. So I just think as the generations go on and kids are learning about themselves and what they can be, I guess the answer will kind of be yes, like, because they are getting their own freedom at their own pace and doing stuff behind their parents' backs. So, yeah. Or maybe they won't have to do it as much behind their backs. Right. Yeah. I hope I have a lot of hope for this generation of millennial parents and the way they're going to talk to their kids about sex. The birds and the bees, please, because I did not get that talk. Or you maybe you don't even have to talk about them and just scare them and be like, yeah, there's condoms in my drawer and trauma. <laughs> never have sex. I feel like that worked for me. My mom would just be like, there's condoms in my drawer. Like, get them whenever you want to. And I'm like, I'm never going to need those women. I'm never going to have sex. <laughs> Little did you know. Little did you know, right. Here I am, a power bottom. So, yeah, speaking about talking to kids about sex when do you think the right time to talk to kids about sex is 
Oh my gosh. I I do not have an answer for this question. I do not have children, but I want to say Oh gosh. I I really don't know the answer. Maybe when they're about to hit double digits, like okay. maybe 10, 11, 12. I want to say maybe for girls, maybe a little bit younger. Uh -huh. um, honestly, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, it's okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't have kids. I don't really have an answer. But I think having knowledge around like why, as a kid, we should not have sex would be better than just like being like this is sex mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. instead. You know. You know what I mean? Versus like this is why you should not have sex. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. There's times where it's not developmentally appropriate for uh, kids to be having sex with each other, but. Right. They do. The kids are curious, and they're curious. Yeah, yeah, it happens. So, okay, if you have seen any, what is your favorite portrayal of a sexual debut in pop culture or media? Mm, I don't. Okay. I don't have any as far as like movies, mm -hmm. but um, I mean, I have like favorite porn stars that I like. Does that count? Yeah, sure. That counts. Um, I used to like Brent Everett. Um, okay. I like Alex Jones. Uh -huh. um, there's this guy that I like called Kale, like triple X Kale. Um, yeah. Yeah, I I like the porno. Kale salad. <laughs> I like the pornos. Uh, sex in movies, it it never did a thing for me. I just used to be yeah. awkward, just sitting with my parents, like, oh, like, yeah, I'm old enough to watch this, but like, ill still. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I hate the sound of kissing. I I I can't do it. I can't do it. I'm a sex educator, and I cannot hear. Any smacking of any kind, I will skip it in porn. I will skip it in movies. Okay. I can't do it. Yeah, I don't. I don't have one where I was just like, "This is my favorite sex scene in a movie." Like, I don't have yeah. one. I don't think I, I'm being unfair asking um, you this question because I don't think I could come up with one either. Um, right. It's probably something from Gossip Girl. Um, <laughs> not a great representation of of sex and teenagers having sex, but it okay. is a favorite of mine. I'm lying. Okay. Thinking about it now, it's not a favorite scene, but it's a show that they do have sex. And I like the way they have sex in that show. Okay. It's True Blood. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The way they have sex in there is just like, like really quick, like all over the place. Like, Give me that. Give okay. me that. That is my favorite portrayal of like a sexual debut in media. True Blood. True Blood is... The one that's like in New Orleans, right? Mm-hmm. And it's the okay. girl with the fairy. She's at the restaurant and Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I started it. I need to keep watching it. I've, you know, resumed my trash TV, but I think I'm gonna start it again because now I wanna watch the vampire oh, sex. I watch True Blood again. I love True Blood. Maybe we can watch it for our next movie date. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. And have you ever used a sex toy? And describe to me the first time you did, if you have. Yes, I've used a few sex toys. Um, 
one of my first sex toys was a gift from my best friend. Um, it was a five inch dildo with balls. Very nice. His name is Prince Charming. I still have him. <laughs> I don't. Think... Huh? That's very you. Right? Treat me like a princess. But um, I don't use him anymore. Um, I used him when I first got him. And I don't know. I think I, I think I pleasured myself to the maximum with that thing. And now I'm just like, yeah, whatever about sex. Like Prince Charming did it. He took my jewels and he ran away. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. So what is something that you've tried sexually that you didn't like? Um, Feet stuff. Feet stuff. Yeah. I've been with guys that like, are like, let me lick your feet or like, let me suck your toes. And I've tried it and Mm -hmm. I don't like it my I'm very ticklish on my feet so just that in general is already like no so them like licking my feet or anything like that I don't like I do like like touching penis with my feet though I like Mm -hmm. like, masturbating a penis with my foot and feet I do like yeah a foot job but like don't lick my feet don't don't kiss my feet don't don't touch my feet (laughs) for me then you said what said more feet lickers for me then Get them, take them. <laughs> I support it. Um, okay. So what is something that you'd like to try? Or what is something that you've tried sexually um that you liked and it surprised you? Um I guess eating ass. Mm-hmm. Um being a bottom. I always thought I was gonna be a bottom. I'm a bottom verse. I don't know, I'm everything. I'm everything. Um, but like mostly bottoming for my life, I never thought I would be on the reverse side of that. And I never thought I would be like eating ass or like doing shit from the back. And it's actually quite pleasurable. I do enjoy it. I enjoy like seeing the person like in pleasure as I'm doing it. I like, you know, just being back there, just using my hands, grabbing penis from the front, like, you know it's a different experience for me being a bottom. So I, I do enjoy that and surprisingly like it. Pleasure Dom. Pleasure Dom. Let me meet your booty. <laughs> um, so what is something that you like to try sexually before you die? I want to be in like BDSM, um, tie me up in ropes, mm-hmm. blindfold me, but here's a catch. I want to be in the air. I want to be dangling. Um, I want both my feet like outwards with ropes on my feet to the ceiling. Um, and then, you know, like from my body wrapped and just dangling and just like letting the the pressure from my weight and then just the force of whoever's giving me penis at the time um I just feel like that would be really enticing and really hot for me well if you want to try that soon I have a friend who does um a friend that I met in burlesque that actually has their own ropes um like teaching business Um, 
that will be happening later this month. And I was going to go if you'd like to come with me. Y'all can't see my face, but I'm giving like that Grinch face where he like twirls <laughs> his ears like on top and stuff. <laughs> like, ooh. Yes, I will definitely send you the information because I'm excited too. Yeah. And then our last question, I give a little inspiration to the viewers. Um, what words of wisdom would you like to see passed on to the next generation about sex and sexual debuts? Yes. Um, I guess my biggest pan of wisdom would just be to wait for yourself. Mm-hmm. And what I mean, what I mean when I say that is like, wait till like your brain catches up with your body and catches up with your spirit, catches up with where you're at in your life. And that's when you'll know I am ready to have sex. Mm. You never, someone doesn't love you if they're rushing you to have sex or like they're forcing you to have sex or if it's just uncomfortable for you, you don't have to, that's not love. Like you you should know what love is. It's, it's hard for most people, but you know, you need to wait for you when you tell yourself, I'm ready to have sex, whether you're scared, whether you're confident about it, whether you're curious about it, only you know when you're ready to have sex. At the right age, please. I, I, I'm right up at the mic. At the right age. <laughs> <laughs> um, you'll, you'll know when you are ready and it doesn't come from anybody else. It doesn't come from you being three months with your boyfriend and now he's like, yeah, I'm going to fuck you now. Like, no, like, whoever you're having sex with you should be able to like communicate and be open and be understanding to you and when you are ready you will know take your time please use condoms that is a big thing please use condoms stds like gonorrhea syphilis and chlamydia hiv syphilis are on the rise i think i said syphilis twice um but yes you might as well has been oh, on the rise. Really it is very like- important. <laughs> it really is on the rise. But yes, um, condoms. And I would honestly even suggest like reading some articles about sex. Like it might sound mm. weird or like why, but like it might do you some good for your brain. You know, it might help you prepare. It might just give you insight you never had before, but you definitely don't be like me don't be like oh this is lame this is not what sex is like in order to have sex you should really fully understand like what it's what it's about you know it it involves you getting naked it involves like you being vulnerable um and you don't really realize that until you're standing in this room with a stranger and y'all you're both naked and you're about to do the thing so i would definitely recommend like really oh I would I would really recommend just checking in with yourself and making sure that you are okay to do those things. I love that answer. All right. Thank you so much for coming on, Gigi. I love you. I love if you, you want to tell anybody listening where they can find you on social media or um okay. I don't really like people following me on social media, but no. <laughs> um but I don't mind sharing. Um if you are a gamer, if you like anime, if you like manga, 
Um, or if you just need someone to talk to about like just sexual practice or sexual experiences or just need an outlet, you can find me on Instagram at the legend of Gigi, the legend of G-I-G-I, one word, the legend of Gigi. Um, feel free to write to me, feel free to look me up. Um, and yeah, I I don't know if this will be the last time I'm on here. I hope not. I love talking to Sophia about like sex and just like weird topics in general. Um, and I'm honestly really honored to be on this podcast. So thank you so much for having just this outlet. Um, I hope many people listen to it. I think it's a great source for just like new topics and sexual debuts. Like I didn't know about that until you came up with it. So that was awesome. I didn't come up with it, but it's an my podcast, so I'm running with it. Let's do it. All right. I love you. I love you, too. I'll see you later. Bye. Bye, honey. Bye, everyone.